about this for an opening question? Have you ever had a loved one die and you were left to clean up their stuff? Go ahead and nod if that's been your case. I've had that experience recently. My beloved mother passed away and we were left to go through her stuff. We went into her now eerily empty bedroom. Can you picture the room? Nice queen-size bed with a soft red blanket on it, pillows up against the headboard. You look over to one corner, and there's the desk with the bookshelves above it, lots of books on prayer. Go over to the other side, and you see the dresser with the mirror and my mom's beautiful earring. Go to the back and see the chest of drawers, the nightstand, the lamp, her Bible. And then on one side of the wall was her closet. How to describe this closet? Have you seen a washboard with the slats in it? Kind of an old-fashioned closet where uh, it's kind of like a brown accordion closet where you have to reach down and grab the round knobs and pull them towards you as you open it up and step in. And so there were my sister and I opening up the brown accordion closet to see my mother's clothes neatly hanged in a row. And my sister did a curious thing. She went to the closet and she pushed the clothes to one side, revealing that in the corner of the closet, there was a group of shelves. I'll have to admit, I hadn't really noticed them so much. The shelves were packed, y'all, were packed with stuff. And I followed my sister's lead, and we began taking the stuff off of the shelves and putting them on the bed. Pretty soon, the bed was covered. We went to the dresser. We started laying things out on the floor. And when we'd emptied the shelf, we took a sigh. It was a bit overwhelming. You know what was on my mother's shelves? Gifts. My mother was a gift giver. She loved to give gifts. Now, I knew my mother had this love language of gift giving, but I didn't realize the depth of my mother's gift giving love. It was overwhelming to look across that room filled with gifts. I felt suddenly very sad. All these gifts waiting to be unwrapped. All these gifts waiting to be received and still on the shelf. Many of the gifts were written uh, with a note on them. My mom loved to write cards, dear Joan, dear Linda, dear Richard, and on and on it was. My sister and I looked at each other. What are we going to do? We decided we needed to join in with my mother's heart. And you know what we did? We bundled all those gifts up and we gave them away. And what a joy to discover how wonderful it is to be part of sharing in gifts. Any of you have some gift-giving love language? And so today I want to hold up a present for us as a kind of visual exhortation. A kind of question for you as we dive into 1 Corinthians 12. 
Because my mother, I think, tapped into something, but how much more the Holy Spirit? Come on, y'all. How much more the Holy Spirit loves to give? And have you considered, have you been open to all the gifts the Holy Spirit wants to give? 1 Corinthians 12. It's a teaching on spiritual gifts. We read in verse 7, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's what spiritual gifts are. A manifestation, an empowerment, supernatural abilities given to us by the Holy Spirit for the work of ministry. The scripture goes on to exhort us that the gifts are given by the Spirit's choosing. We don't go through the buffet line and pick out what we want. No, the Spirit gives the gifts. And they're individually given, personally giving, but they're not just for us. Mm, That's a good word for us in America, lest we become consumerism, right? Consumers of spiritual gifts. The gifts are not just for us. Did you hear that? The Spirit gives for the common good. You who are in IBS, exegesis, all you Bible scholars up there, Look at chapter 12. Look at chapter 15. How many times are there reoccurring words and themes to build up the church, to edify, to serve, to bless? Spiritual gifts are to be shared. And so today I want us to focus, particularly around this phrase in 14.1. And I think this double imperative might really speak to us. Even a few words might really jump out off the page at you, depending on where you're at in your own spiritual journey. The phrase is, pursue love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Pursue love and eagerly desire the gifts. I'm aware that at the sound of my voice today, there's a variety of backgrounds theologies, experiences represented here. And for some of you, some of you today, perhaps this first imperative is particularly for you. Because when I start talking about spiritual gifts, you say, yes, of course. You've sat under leaders who have taught on the spiritual gifts, and you have unwrapped those gifts, and you operate in those regularly And you know that spiritual gifts is a biblical teaching, right? We can read about it here in 1 Corinthians 12. Gifts like knowledge, prophecy, tongues, healing. You can also read about it in Romans 12. You can read about it in 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4. You can notice in the book of Acts that Dr. Tennant has been teaching us through the book of Acts that it was normal Christianity for the Holy Spirit to do powerful things in and through the disciples. And so for some of you, you have a background where you're like, spiritual gifts, yes. And yet I wonder if you've noticed, like I've noticed, that um, the problem in the church in Corinth wasn't just their problem. It's sometimes our problem. Um... It's easy, isn't it, to get a spiritual gift and to discover, 
wow, this is pretty cool. God just did something here. And to get a little... Yeah, and when you're a pastor and they're all telling you you're wonderful. See, the problem in Corinth is that the church was a spirit-filled church. They believed in operating in the gifts. And yet, there was conflict in the community. There was some fighting. There were some hurt feelings. There was some factions emerging within the church. And Paul wrote to correct that, not to say stop using them, but to say use them carefully, properly. Use the gifts to edify, to bless. I wonder if we can think about gift giving in the Holy Spirit a minute. Have you ever given a gift to a little child? Of course you have. An, a niece, a, a nephew, your own child, maybe You've been invited to a birthday party for a neighbor next door. Can you pick out a face of a dear, sweet child you know that you've given a gift? What's it like when you give them that gift? Isn't that child wide-eyed? Don't they give you a sheepish smile as they look up at you and take the gift? And then they unwrap the gift, right? They might put the bow on their hair. They rip up the paper and they begin to enjoy the contents of the gift. It's a delight to watch, isn't it? A beautiful child enjoying a gift that you've given to show love. Now, I think of my two children, my two dear, beautiful, beloved children, and I give them a gift, and because they're so close in age, whenever I give one a gift, the other one is quick to want to share in its blessing. And isn't it amazing how that dear, beautiful, loving child does this kind of toddler thing? Maybe you've seen it. Maybe it's not just my children. All of a sudden, they see their brother coming, and they snatch up the gift, and they clutch it to their chest, and they look with defiance at the other child. <laughs> and what do they say? Mine. Mine. I think that's why Paul was exhorting in 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I acted like a child. And then I grew up. And then there's this whole passage right in the middle of 12 and 14, right in this kind of corrective teaching on the use of spiritual gifts. There's this whole love chapter. And I wonder if for some of us who regularly operate in the gifts, if there is a challenge here. I myself will confess that as I'm looking at 1 Corinthians 13, I'm crying out to God. I'm saying, God, I need heart surgery. I don't easily love like the Christ I follow. Huh? Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envious or boastful or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. Even the people who know me best, Lord, 
I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need a deeper work. I want to pursue love. Anybody else here today? And what about this other imperative? Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Perhaps there's some of you in this room today who have experienced um, being in a church background where you didn't hear the Holy Spirit taught about very often, let alone teaching on spiritual gifts, let alone learning to receive the gifts and exercise the gifts. Maybe some of you in this room today would feel as though if you were soul-searchingly honest, you're not even sure what spiritual gifts you've been given. And to you, I just want to say, pull the gift off the shelf and unwrap it. The Holy Spirit longs to give. Do you know something I believe about the nature of God? The nature of God is giving I think I'm on pretty solid biblical ground here. Let's test it out. For God so loved the world that he gave. Or in John 14, when Jesus is getting ready to go back to the Father after the cross, Jesus is saying, I will send you another. The Father will be delighted to send in my name the Comforter, the Advocate. Or Jesus, Jesus teaching on gift-giving in Luke 11. Hmm? Jesus said to his disciples, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will my heavenly Father delight to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And the Holy Spirit, we say this in the Nicene Creed, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. The Holy Spirit, come on, can we just think about this? That the Holy Spirit is the gift. Hmm? What an amazing gift that anywhere I go, anywhere in the world, if I'm having wonderful circumstances, tragic circumstances, the Holy Spirit wants to be with me. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Come on. Because the Holy Ghost party never stops. Some of you need to wiggle. And the Holy Spirit not only wants to give us the gift of the Spirit's presence, the Spirit keeps on giving. The Holy Spirit wants to equip you and invite you into the work of building up the church. And so to some of you here today, don't let the gifts sit on the shelf. Are you open to the more of the Holy Spirit? Seminary is a great time to learn to work out what the Holy Spirit's working in, to learn to practice and exercise the gifts. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. What would it be like not to be childish, but childlike, with the eyes of faith to stand on tiptoe today?
in your being and say, Holy Spirit, I'm ready to receive the more that you have for me today. Last week, Dr. Tennant preached, and one of the main points that I received from that message was, we need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, like Philip learn to listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so today, more than inviting you up to be prayed with some wonderful leader of ATS, I want to invite you today to, to receive, to ask, to seek, to knock, and to listen. And so right where you are, you may want to sit, you may want to kneel, you may want to stand, you may want your eyes open, you may want them closed, it doesn't matter, but we have time today just to create some space. We live such busy lives. Can we just lean in today? Can we just lean in to the Holy Spirit's work in each of our lives and our callings to build up the church? So just take some moments to listen. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. We now come and ask. Speak to us, Lord. We want to receive from you. We know you are a good God, the Lord, the giver of life. Come, come and minister. Come and speak. We're listening, Lord. Now I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to be the body of Christ filled with the Spirit learn from the Corinthian church and look to build up and to bless and so now in a minute I'm going to cue you and I want to encourage you to find one neighbor could be somebody you came into chapel with today could be somebody three pews up but just take a few minutes to just briefly Share a little bit about what the Spirit's stirring in you. And can you just take a turn to pray, blessing? Can you just join in with what the Spirit's doing with your neighbor? The Holy Spirit gives us boldness, right? So let's be community. Mm, this sounds like community formation. Let's be community. Go ahead and find one neighbor and just talk together and bless, pray for one another. Go ahead, find a neighbor. So today I want to just encourage you I just want to encourage you today, if you're needing to go off to your next appointment or to lunch, just to do it with sensitivity to one another and go ahead and find your way out. For those of you who still need to pray and switch with one another, uh, the Lord is here. Don't feel like you have to be in a rush. Just continue to press in to what the Spirit is doing in our midst as we pursue love and eagerly desire the gifts. Amen.